Okay, so I was going through old voice notes of mine. As I said yesterday, the day before, God knows when, I'll look through old recordings of mine to see if I can garner some material to try and figure out what the fuck I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> First world problems. What am I going to talk about on my fucking podcast? Anyway, the voice message basically said the science of per- it's this. It's not the science of persuasion. It's the science of memory retention. Now, that obviously, well, presumably will make absolutely no sense to you, but it made a certain amount of sense to me because I used to view my role in sales as an effort to perfect the science of persuasion. That, that's how I, I viewed it. I thought that if I, could, if I could learn more about psychology and about how the human mind works, my own and others, I'd be, in a, I'd be better able to put myself in a position whereby I'd be able to persuade somebody and be, just generally be more persuasive because your role as a salesperson, whether it's business development or account management or telesales or field sales or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Even if you're just trying to, to win an argument, or not win an argument, but if you're trying to get your point across and be convincing, you, you need to be persuasive. That's what it's all about. But this particular voice message of mine said, it's not the science of persuasion. It's the science of memory retention. And what I was referencing there was, it's all well and good being persuasive in the moment. So if, if I set up a meeting with a company and I sit down and I speak to the relevant people, I could be the most persuasive person in the world. They might just be fucking sold, hook, line and sinker. Holy shit, this man knows what he's talking about. And he's just the key for the lock we can't open. But in sales, it's never just you trying to sell something into these people. There's all sorts of different distractions and not least of all, other people trying to sell them similar things or maybe completely different things that solve the same problem in a different way or whatever else. There's always somebody nipping at your heels trying to get your slice of cake. So what I, the voice message was referencing was the idea that it, it's not so much about being persuasive, but it's about them remembering you over the other people. And I remember being told this, I, I wish I'd been told it, when I was in school or before I even started school and it's wise words I don't know who I'm quoting here but you won't remember what you don't understand and like there's fucking so much wisdom in that think back to when you were in school and you had to I don't know learn off a paragraph or an equation or some such stuff and you, you may, maybe you wrote it down a thousand times and you might have been able to remember it for the test which is what schooling is. It's to teach you the ability to pass tests, essentially. It's, it's not about educating people, per se, or making them in any way wiser. It's all about passing the tests, separating the wheat from the chaff, management and staff. That's what it's always been about. It's what it always is about and might be the subject of a, of a future podcast. But what I want to concentrate on now is the idea of getting across an idea and making it memorable. And what I've tended to do that both within sales, in my day-to-day, and indeed on this podcast, is with the use of analogies. I use analogies to explain fucking everything. I just think they're fantastic. And I've coined a little term that I, I like that describes them, and it's it's an intellectual shortcut. I like that idea. It's an intellectual shortcut. It's like getting yourself to the top of Mount Everest via an elevator. Yeah, you haven't climbed it. You can't say that you've climbed to the top of Everest, but you can say that you've been there and you know what the views are like and you know what it feels like to be there. So analogies to me are intellectual shortcuts. Now, the definition of it, uh, the definition of an analogy 
is a comparison between one thing and another, typically for the purposes of explanation or clarification. Okay? Now, I'm not a massive fan of that definition because a comparison between one thing or another is far too vague for me. Because here's a comparison between one thing and another thing. I could compare the electronic conductivity of the nutrient solution for brassiacs in hydroponic closed-loop systems and the dietary requirements of astronauts. Odds are you're not going to have a fucking notion about either of those things. And the point being, unless you're grounded in one of them, the analogy doesn't work. You need to be grounded in something. You need to have a start point. You need to be familiar with something and then have an have an analogy made from the thing that you're already certain of. So here's something that you're probably all more than well aware of. The speed of light. 299,792,458 metres per second. Now that means fucking nothing to nobody unless you're, you know, a physicist. It means absolutely nothing to you. 299, look, we'll call it 300 million metres per second, okay? 300 million metres per second. Look, you have to put that into context for people. So here's one for you. A high-powered rifle, okay, will fire a bullet at about 1,500 metres per second. So, and that's a high-powered rifle. That's not what you shoot fucking pheasants with at the weekend. That's, um, I don't know, a fucking 50 caliber thing or something. It's like a mini tank gun. But those type of rifles will fire bullets at 1,500 meters per second. To remind you, the speed of light is 300 million meters per second. And to put that further into context for you, the speed of a high-powered rifle, call it 1,500 meters per second. Now, the, the speed of sound is 344 meters per second. Okay, so a high-powered rifle, the bullet out of a high-powered rifle travels at four or five times the speed of sound. So if anybody ever shoots you at one, you can be sure of one thing. You won't hear it. It's not mad. If somebody shoots you with a high-powered rifle, range is irrelevant. They could be 14 miles away or 10 feet away. It won't matter. You will not hear that bullet. Because it's travelling three or four times the speed of the sound. So the sound is way behind it. So if you're standing beside somebody and there's somebody at any distance away, it doesn't really matter. Call it a mile. So there's two people, you're standing beside somebody. They're about to get shot in the face. Okay? So you're talking to them, chatting away. How are you, man? The next minute, his face explodes and he drops to the ground. Then two seconds later, BANG! Like, what the fuck? But you, you kind of get that now. You, you Hopefully, you kind of get the idea of the speed of a bullet versus the speed of sound. Because I've put it into a context of which you can, you can associate yourself with. Now, granted, I'm not suggesting that most people listening to this have been standing beside somebody who got their head blown off by a high-powered rifle at fucking a mile away. But you get the idea. Now, the speed of light is 300 million meters per second. Meters per second doesn't really mean anything to people generally, regardless of the rifle or the sound analogy. So we'll go up miles per hour. It's 670,616,629 miles per hour. Call it 670-odd million miles per hour for short. But even that, it doesn't mean anything to us. We don't, we don't walk around talking in those kind of numbers. So in relation to the speed of light, what we use is a light year. Now what a light year is, is the distance it 
that light travels in a year. So imagine you've got a really fucking powerful torch and it's the middle of the night and you point it up the dark sky and you flick it on and off for a second. For the split second that bulb is on, a beam of light has been shot out of that torch. And that beam of light travels, believe it or not, at the speed of light. So it's going, it's hammering along at 670 million miles per hour. Okay, but again, that it doesn't mean anything to us. So we use what are called light years. Now, you're not going to measure your commute in light years. You're not going to measure literally anything on Earth in light years. It's too fucking vast a distance. So you look at solar systems and universes. Okay, so our universe is 93 billion light years wide. But again... What's tripping us up here is, A, we don't fully understand light year, and B, we don't fully understand billion. Like, what's a billion euro? Like, a billion, and it's a, it's a tricky number. People get this mixed up. A billion is 1,000 million, just for those of us who aren't sure. And I Googled it before I made this recording, so it is. One billion equals 1,000 million. We have some idea of what a million is. A thousand million. I'm oh, sorry, a thousand thousand. We have some idea what a million is, but a, a billion... Like Jeff Bezos, your man who owns Amazon, he's worth 181 billion. But again, the problem here is we don't really understand what a billion is. We have some grasp of what a million is. So I'm going to explain by analogy as best I can the difference between a million and a billion. A million seconds, back to back. So if you were to count one, two, three, four, all the way up to a million, it'd take you 11 days, 13 hours and 46 minutes. By comparison, a billion, if you were to count a billion seconds, it'd take you 31.69 years. Just in case I broke up on the recording there. A billion seconds is 31.69 years. So 11 days versus 31 odd years. So that may be put into perspective how much cash Jeff Bezos is stuck under his mattress. So in keeping with light years, or sorry, Millions and billions and light years. Light years, if I didn't make it explicit, light years is a, a, light, a light year is a measurement of distance. It's not speed. I gave you the speed of it at 670 odd million miles per hour, say, or 300 million meters per second. They're the speed it travels at. But sorry, they're the speed that light travels at. But one light year is the same as one centimeter or one kilometer or one ton. It's All it is is a unit of measurement. It's a distance. And it's it just so the light year just so happens to be the distance that light will cover over the course of a year, traveling at a speed of 670-odd million miles per hour. But here's one for you. You're probably aware that the dinosaurs got wiped out 65 million years ago. Big asteroid hit the Earth. <laughs> wiped out everything on the planet, essentially. Interesting note, side note on that, it killed off pretty much all the animals with the exception of animals that were about 20 kilos or less. Now it might have been 25 or 30, don't fucking split hairs, but only small animals survived because all the big dinosaurs, or sorry, all the big creatures, it didn't matter whether they were fish or reptiles or, I don't think birds were around yet, but regardless, only the small animals survived because anything bigger than 20-odd kilos couldn't find enough food to sustain itself. So 65 million years ago, this happened. But what I'm trying to explain here is what's relevant between time and distance in relation to light years. So 
it happened 65 million years ago. That's obviously a unit of time. 65 million years. It's a it's a it's a time scale. Okay? But I'm going to convert it into distance now. So if you imagine being instantly transported from where you are now, ping, you're 65 million light years away. So the light that left Earth as the dinosaurs were being to bits, it would only be reaching there now. You're 65 million light years away. Okay, so you've instantly transported yourself to somewhere that's 65 million light years away, and you're on this planet, and you look through a telescope back at Earth. You could see the comet hit the dinosaurs and go live. You could watch it as it happened. Now, you can't just instantly appear somewhere else, not that we're aware of at least. It just it's just it just defies physics. Nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, blah blah. Oh, actually there's one. Nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. You've probably heard that before. And that's true, it's hundred percent true. Nothing can break that six hundred and seventy odd million miles per hour barrier. Literally nothing can do that. But what people say is nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. And most people kind of get that, but there's a there's a double meaning to that. There's there's two statements being made there. A nothing can move faster than the speed of light, but B nothing so imagine nothingness being a thing i know that doesn't really make sense but empty space nothingness that can move faster than the speed of light so nothing can move nothing can move faster than the speed of light but nothing can move faster than the speed of light so there for you and i'll chat to you tomorrow